0: Bar Crawl Radio. We're podcasting once a month from Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar on West 72nd Street. I'm Alan Winson. I'm here with my lovely wife and partner, Rebecca McCain. Hello. And it's hello. And it's mid-February. It's the end of year one of the age of the great leader. You know who that is. Mm. And uh, we're asking that in this year of the great leader that you subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher and iTunes. Well, just now, I was playing uh, a piece called Glacier Chase. And it's by a guy named Vigur Margarsson. And he's from Iceland. He, he writes film scores. This film was called Cold Trail. Cold Trail, mm-hmm. about a police investigation. Right, right, right. But I, I didn't pick it out because it's about a police investigation. I picked out that music for another reason can... Can you guess why?
1: Oh, I know. It, it spoke to me. It absolutely spoke to me. That right. was our Icelandic vacation.
0: Right. We just got back from Iceland. Yes. Um, and we were in Reykjavik. It was very exciting. Yeah, yeah. And and um, this was basically, uh, Rebecca, this was your dream. You you wanted to go to Iceland.
1: Yes, I did. I really did. Why, why, why did do you want
0: to go to Iceland? I mean... It's the middle of the winter. I, well, I didn't and necessarily And it's like we could go to some island no, some place. No, no, no. no,
1: no, no. You, you no, no. I wanted to go to Iceland. I didn't say I wanted to go to Iceland in the middle of the winter, but Yeah. the you know, the tickets were more affordable and and it was doable. That's so, I wanted to go because I wanted to go to the Blue Lagoon. Right. And I wanted to stand in the rift between the tectonic North American tectonic plate and the Eurasian tectonic it, it, it's plate. It's really
0: like a moonscape. Where, yes, where, the, where yes. the tectonic plates are are breaking up, they're yes. separating. About what is it? One centimeter every ten years or something.
1: Well, the whole island has kind of a dystopic feeling to it. Yeah, I mean, it it's was weird. very, it was it was unique and it was beautiful, but it was very stark and.
0: It's kind of like being in a nightmare.
1: Moody. Well, I, I think if you sometimes
0: <laughs> you I, I I I would wake up before you. At like uh, oh, 7 I o'clock know. in the morning.
1: Because the sun wouldn't come up. The sun wouldn't come up for Not another t- three and a half 10 hours. 10.30. Yeah, That's and I'm, I'm walking
0: around the apartment in the dark. I then know. Then I, I go out and take a walk, and there's nobody out there. It's just I know. trucks. and You
1: didn't like that. Uh, I God, just slept.
0: Ice rain coming down on me yeah. in, the, in the dark, and it's 9 o'clock in the morning.
1: But it was an amazing trip. We had a great time. It was gorgeous, and it's very dystopic. Icy way. I mean, it's aptly named. They say that Greenland is icier than Iceland, but I don't know. Iceland was was covered in snow and ice everywhere we went.
0: Right, right. But actually, it was not as cold as it was in New York at right. the same time. It's true. Okay. Now, flying over, you you got over some fear that you had. Uh, do you want to talk about that?
1: Okay. Well, all right. I didn't always have this fear and anxiety, but somehow, uh, the more that I've flown in my life, the more anxious I become at the takeoffs and the landings yeah um because of all i've read about that's when the accidents happen and it's just it's such a it's such a violent (laughs) thing no but it's so violent when you especially when you land it's like you're coming down and you and you they come down so gently no but when they no but when they land they put the engines in reverse to stop it and it's a huge noise and the plane shakes it's for me, it's terrifying. I
0: kind of, it's like, it's its a good ride. But so what you would do as we take off and land, you would hold my hand, squeeze it. I would clutch it, your hand. Right. And squeeze the blood out of it. Right. Yeah. And, but, but, but this time, on well, when we were landing you know, in Newark. you know, so we were
1: talking to our friend Jane, and she said that maybe I could distract myself. uh uh-huh. So I was di- distracting myself. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was doing things, right. you know, reading, and, and I was fine. And I was doing fine. And right, then right. you would but look at me, and you'd say...
0: Are you okay, sweetie? Exactly. Are you okay? Well, say, do you want me to hold your hand, sweetie? Says, Shut
1: up. Leave me alone. No, no,
0: no, no. We're almost getting ready to land. Are, exactly. are you okay?
1: <laughs> You're crazy. The,
0: f- the ground is coming up. It's so here, true. Here it comes. Are you okay? I was fine a
1: minute ago. Thank you very much. Now no, I'm no, terrified. No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll We'll try it again, and I'll just, we'll leave you alone. Good
1: idea. Yeah. We'll try it. We'll the try
0: other it. thing that I noted about Iceland is it is really doggone expensive. Crazy. And we talked about it. When we were in Iceland, we went to this restaurant called apotek and it's in Reykjavik.
1: Which is um, apothecary. I know it's apothecary, yeah. but it's also
0: this very ex- expensive bar and restaurant. Beautiful. So we sat there restaurant. during happy hour, and we had it's a amazing. conversation.
1: It's relatively inexpensive to get here, but then when you get here, everything is cool. mad expensive. Very expensive.
0: Mad expensive. But
1: it's, it's been worth it. It's been fun. Fun, it's been yeah. Really great. Yeah, I
0: got to get a second job now, <laughs> or a third job. I've I've got yeah. a couple jobs already. All right. Well, I'm so sorry so that how m- so how much was your martini when we took you out to your birthday? It was
1: was it twenty seven dollars? It was
0: almost thirty dollars. Yeah, for almost, a martini. Almost thirty dollars. Right.
1: And we went into the liquor store to buy liquor, and all of the alcohol is double the we even in New York City, which is expensive.
0: Now, why didn't we know that before we came here?
1: I know. I guess you have to. You know, if you're really Heads about traveling, you, you research all those things. Yeah, we we no. didn't but do goodness. any of that.
0: Our friend ID yeah, who told us not to come here.
1: In the winter, right? Right, yeah, because it's all. just it's you're going to die. Cold. It's, it's not that cold. Oh, well, today it's not, but we have been
0: very cold. Right, right. We have been very cold. We went up north and we got white out yeah, conditions oh on the my road. Oh
1: gosh, we did. It was amazing. Yeah. All right. It was amazing.
0: But so we're back here in Reykjavik. Yeah, yeah right and we've noticed that all around Reykjavik all around Iceland it's yeah. a be happy it's, a it's like it's the command
1: it's it's a no I think it's more of a, a suggestion motion they're no. just promoting happiness they're
0: pushing happy <laughs> They want the because everything is so expensive no, really. they're trying to ignore the fact oh. that they don't have any money so, yeah. so just be happy
1: yeah
0: just be happy all right okay we're in Ap- Apotech here at Iceland
1: I am drinking a Grapist vodka it is made with a um, an Icelandic vodka i believe <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's Icelandic it's called elit vodka with grapefruit grapefruit infused kochi americano i have no idea what that is kochi kochi yeah
0: kochi hachi kochi i like that cochi, i don't know what cochi. that means kochi cochi, cochi. yeah it's a Cochi vodka it's a huchi cochi. Cochi, cochi. oh huchi Cochi. americano yeah maybe we'll get you two of those
1: what's that song that um, rosemary Clooney would sing I don't know. Something yeah, Americano. I I know. I love that song. Yeah.
0: And I'm having Icelandic Einstück. Right. Yeah, Medicana. Right. And and we're in we're in this happy hour and this room is filled with girls.
1: No, there's a, a like a boyfriend girlfriend kind of thing over here, maybe husband and wife. There's three
0: men in the not counting the bartender. No, I
1: mean. you know, their girlfriends are going out together on a Saturday night to happy hour. They're
0: looking for men.
1: Maybe, or other women. Maybe, maybe they're just having fun with each other. Maybe they are just having fun with each other. Or maybe they're looking for other women. Yeah. That's true. It's right. Possible. Maybe they were men and now they're girls. You never know. You never know.
0: <laughs> no, these young ladies were never men. You don't know. All right, oh yeah, I'm not.
1: some really uh, good transformations. Yep.
0: All right, barbio in Iceland. <laughs> Uh. Oh,
1: we went to. Wait, you didn't say we went to the Viking Museum today. We learned about there is a um, archaeological
0: There's a longhouse. dig here that they Very right in
1: the middle of, this, of Reykjavik. Right,
0: the Reykjavik is built on top of this Viking longhouse. Yeah, yes, right. yes. And we went to the rift. <laughs> one foot in America, right. and one foot in Europe. Exactly. Wow, ah. that's being in two continents at it one is pretty time. pretty remarkable.
2: My name is Ylmundur. I'm one of the head bartenders at Apoteg restaurant, where we are right now, which is, uh, in my opinion, the leading cocktail bar in Iceland. Now, Iceland is known for its cocktails. Where did that start, and what's your favorite cocktail here? Um, the cocktail revolution in Iceland started in uh, 2008, maybe, and uh, at a place called Slipparin, which to use press citrus and stuff like that. Then when uh, Abotec started, uh, we made like a huge bar with like the intention of being the number one cocktail bar.
1: How do you, how is it that you rated the
2: the number one? Co- there is a vote at, with uh, Gray Point, and we've been voted the best cocktail bar since we opened every year. But when
1: you make the cocktails, do you do the whole like like spinning them around? And uh, there was a phase. Was it the 1980s where you know
2: Tom t- Cruise. Yeah, they would the throw movie. the
1: movie. They th- they throw the cocktail pictures up in the air and you don't know anything no, we, about
2: that uh, we don't do any flair yes, here no, flare. <laughs> no we just focus on making extremely good cocktails and we're we try not be show-offs George up
0: what is it that makes an Icelandic
2: cocktail different than say one from the United States cocktails are a little bit sweeter here than in the States but we try to use uh, local as much as we can for example, uh, arctic Time and some Icelandic, Icelandic spirits. Uh, there's a distillery called 64 distillery, which is, m- in my opinion, the best one, which makes uh, liqueurs, which are just hand-picked. There's uh, one uh, spirit called Brennivín, which is like the signature spirit of Iceland, also known as uh, Black Death. Yeah, it's an aqua, it's filled with uh, caraway seeds. We, we we had
0: some in Grindavík.
1: Licorice flavor, right?
0: The
2: predominant flavor is uh, caraway seeds.
1: Caraway. Seeds. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. But it's spiced with many things. Yeah. I have one more question. We were surprised when we came here
0: how expensive the cocktails were. We 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 thought we come from New York City where things are very expensive.
2: It's just because of uh, our wages and our, the krona, but also because we're uh, an island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It, costs us a lot to bring in alcohol and fresh citrus and stuff like that, so everything is just more expensive, especially for foreigners, because of the Corona and how it's uh, the Krona versus uh, the dollar.
0: But it doesn't seem to be affecting your business. We were here the other night, you were very busy.
2: Yeah, uh, some places are usually really busy. Uh, we're extremely busy during the summer, but yeah, it doesn't seem to affect much the price. Thank you very much.
3: Americano. Americano,
0: Americano there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, That's the song I think you're referring to. Yeah,
1: I liked that, it better when Jude Law sang it though. That
0: uh, that that was our little interview that we had in Apotech, in Reykjavik about uh, what two weeks ago. Has three, it been, no? Wait, three, two weeks around three three weeks the twenty fifth. Right, twenty fifth. So you you th- you thought this you want to be Americano was Rosemary Clooney, but actually, I got that from Brian Setzer Orchestra. Yeah. Okay, you're, you're you you're know formerly the Stray Cats. You
1: know we should tell everybody uh. too is that we have a video. We put a video up of Jungatur. Very funny. Oh, Jungatur is dr- is making drinks. He's right, making, this guy that we interviewed. He's uh, double fisting making drinks, and he does a great job, and he's and it's it's very sweet and funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but then but then something funny happens.
1: Okay, well maybe
0: maybe you want to go see it.
1: Maybe go see. Yeah, look on right. our Facebook.
0: Okay, the other thing we were talking about is that there's that command all over Iceland.
1: See, you keep saying command. I think it was a suggestion.
0: I, I don't think so because it, it was kept, a social. It was pissing me off.
1: <laughs> to be happy, I know. Yeah, be you, happy. You don't want to be told to be happy. I be know. Be happy. It's true.
0: So I yeah. looked up and I looked up what what Icelandic comics are there. Okay. Like what what kind of what kind of things are yeah. going on in Iceland? What so makes Icelanders I found. Laugh. I found this um, guy, wait a minute, I got to get my phone on here, and I can, uh, okay. It's Daxon. Yeah, his name is Hugliker Huglicker Daxon. Hugliker Daxon. Right, and, and he's a film critic, he writes plays, but he also does these comics, Yeah. yeah. right? And they're really, really black, and he's also on um, <laughs> Icelandic Radio X. Okay. I'm going to play a little bit of Ra- Radio X in a second, okay. but we thought we'd kind of like give an example of, of um, the dark
1: Icelandic humor the
0: dark side of Iceland's humor you see
1: they just don't have the sun out very much okay
0: so he's got these little fig- no the sun is yeah 10 1030 to like four, 430 yeah <laughs> and then it never goes up it's just like going on the horizon I was depressed a lot yeah. I had a good time though sweetheart but I was depressed <laughs> You can be depressed and have a good time, you know. We had a great time. I know right. we did,
1: especially when we were in the whiteouts. That on was the pills amazing. You take. Driving through the whiteouts. Oh, no, the
0: whiteout. Well, that's another story. That so, so anyway, we have this dachshund here, Hugliker Dachshund, and he has these little figures. They're kind of round. The men are round. Sometimes their penals are kind of hanging out there, but it's really dark. And here's when this guy is holding out flowers to his girlfriend, I guess, who has a bag, and he says, "Welcome back from rehab, baby." And, and then, then she says, oh, God, I never realized how ugly you are. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Oh, that's all not right. nice. The other one I picked out was this. The, um, the, the title of this, maybe I should give the, okay, the title of this is Silent Night, okay? And so you have Santa Claus and a family and a Christmas tree. And Santa Claus is holding a knife, and the, and the, and the family is all tied up. Yeah. Right. And they're saying <laughs> like that. And and and, and he's going he say and, and Santa was going. Shh. So silent night. Silent night. Yeah. yeah. This is this is what's funny in Iceland.
1: OK, so now these two. I, are. I kind of thought it was. funny. I think these yeah. two are actually funny. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's what it says. It says they tried to make me go to rehab, but I said no, no, no. And it's a picture of people standing around um, a grave. And then, <laughs> and then this is my favorite one of all. Uh, at the grocery store, the checkout clerk is saying to the ma'am, to the woman, <laughs> he says, um, "Wait." Oh, I, I wait, see it no, here. I can do okay. it. I have it. No, I want to do it. It's a good says, one. Ma'am, you accidentally left your child.
0: Nope. Nope. Right. And it's like <laughs> I, I, yep. Nope. Nope. I, I'm, I'm leaving him here. I like and like uh, it. Uh, there's a person blocking your door. Oh, that's just my wife Elsa. I use her as a doormat. <laughs>
1: Icelandic humor. Are we
0: supposed to laugh at that stuff?
1: Yeah, why not?
0: All right. Why not? Radio X from Iceland.
1: Yes. Okay. You leave and you gone, I know that girls, they're so crazy. I
3: know the girls love some. All of them are some. Can you one of them want this, baby? I sold you once and I sold you twice. Yo, Chronic. Exynesia shirt. Togum Yer Yetta. Yetta. Club Chronic Zip Boom.
1: We are Bar Crawl Radio on Stitcher and iTunes. Today's podcast will focus on women who have become politically active since the last
4: presidential
1: election. Our guests include three women from two indivisible groups on the Upper West Side and the Upper Upper West Side, Harlem, an attorney. Also, is joining us, who is a liberal advocate and community organizer with True Blue New York. We'll be right back with Lindsay and Matt, manager and owner at Parts, to talk about what we're drinking this evening. <laughs> Jackets, chronic! <laughs>
0: Okay, okay, and we're back with uh, Matt and Lindsay here at Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar on West 72nd Street, just up the block from Trader Joe's.
1: I think you've got to put that on your mix, your play mix, that music. you have like to share it. us the,
0: the, the sounds. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome, right? Um, so, so how are you guys doing? Matt, good. you you got, a, you got a little haircut there. A few. Yes, it I did. It looks good. you got, you got the sides taken. A you be right up to the mic. Here I am. There you go. Just in oh,
3: time for baseball season.
0: Yeah. There you go. Oh right. yes.
1: Are you into baseball? I thought well we
0: need I to hit yeah. for foul Who's ball. Who's your
1: team?
2: I'm a Mets fan.
0: A Mets fan. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 It's okay. It's it's okay if either one of them win. I'm 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 willing. I want to see either a one of win. the Mets. <laughs> no, I <laughs> know <laughs> no, the Yankees. Either or one of the, 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 Mets. the oh, New York team. Yeah, there's another New York team. <laughs> Listen, Lindsay. You were telling us that you have this new beer that's made of. Bread?
3: bread, yes. Yeah, they just came in today. We're, it's going to come in on a Friday. Um, it's made from bread. They take uh, from bakeries that are throwing out bread, and they brew with bread, and they put in their mash. Um, and um, you can taste off it and smell off it. You can taste actual the bread. It almost tastes a little, it smells a little Belgian. tastes definitely like a pale ale. Um, it's called Toast. Um, they brew out of Elmsford, New York. Um, so uh, New York City Craft Beer uh, Week is coming up, so it's a good one for us to get in there you right. go for people to and try
0: and despite the sirens in the background it's not illegal i mean this is <laughs> they're coming this, this to get you it should be, <laughs> well, <then laughs> it should be there illegal. you go it's so it's good it's great for us you you were saying that it's also that they're giving their profits or part of their profits a hundred
3: percent of their profits go to um charities that are directly tackling food wastes that's well, cool that's, that's great. very cool. and this
0: bread is bread that's going to be thrown away yeah Amazing, and give the to- and the name of it is Toast. Toast, yes. Brewed with bread. So let's taste it. Yeah. All right. So which, which one, one are we going to taste here? This one. It's this one here, the, the darker yeah. one here. We have two here. And here we give a taste here.
1: Mm, I like that's that. That's made with bread. It's it's brewed in the Bronx too.
0: It's made bread in the Bronx. Homegrown,
1: mm. brewed in the Bronx. Right. For charity.
0: I could drink this.
1: <gasps> we could drink for charity, right? I,
0: I could I could drink well, this not all. for tra- charity.
1: Well, but you will be if you drink this if you buy this and you drink it
0: so Matt I, I see you're you're not drinking a beer you're drinking a cup of coffee a coffee yeah is that you have a long night ahead of you I, I usually do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, don't, you don't start now do you, do, do you start drinking later in the day um, or you just don't I mean bar owners they don't drink sometimes you know, sometimes
2: I don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes. And sometimes s- it starts later. And it starts sometimes later. it starts early. Right. And sometimes right. we don't. Right.
0: So, Lindsay, that, that, that was toast. You brought another beer here. What is that? This one is the Wrench from uh,
2: Industrial Arts. Mm. Wrench, you mean W-R-P-N-C. W-R-E-N-C-H? W-R-E-N-C-H. Huh. Wow. And this uh. is a New England IPA. Uh, and these guys are in Rockland County. huh. Also okay. pretty close. Right, sure. And they're all friends of ours. Very nice. Um, yeah, wrench, W
0: R W R E N C H. I'm give Do it they faster. also
1: give their profits to? Uh, I doubt it. No. Okay. Wait. This wait. is
2: one of those fruity beers. It's got yeah, grapefruity. It, it does have a lot of grapefruit notes. Yeah. And that's the, the New England style IPA, which right. is real juicy and hazy. I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. I we really we like we it.
0: We had I uh, guess Michael Tenzio was on with Tenzillo. Brian Tenzillo, <laughs> and he they didn't like the fruity. <laughs> I like it. They they they're your regulars, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Well, and, Brian.
1: and some may not like it, but I like it. I think it's delicious. Wow.
0: That is great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish both those glasses there <laughs> as we and move through two, the show. And these two, because I
1: have my Tito's and tonic.
0: We are yeah, regularly broadcasting now out of Parts Beer Culture on West 72nd on the Upper West Side. And we'll be here once a month.
1: Right, and we're uh, going to hear from Matt. And or Lindsay.
0: And they'll be
2: reporting on things like this. And things
1: that are happening. Anything interesting coming up?
2: Yeah, speaking of happenings, the New York Craft Beer Week is coming up. Oh, yes. It's going to be the last week in February until the first Sunday in March. Okay. Um, it's actually 10 days for a beer week. And are you doing anything sense. in particular to we celebrate that? Yeah, we're going to do New York State Beer beers only on draft Uh so at both locations 45th and 72nd our full draft list Uh we'll be rotating with all the locals so that's tuesday
3: february 27th we're doing a bunch of with a gun hill uh, single cut uh, there is a community beer works we have a lot of brewers coming in throughout the whole entire week so we'll have all their beers on and so people can meet who's actually brewing the beers oh nice that'll (laughs)
0: That'll be fun that'll be great
3: (laughs) if they like the beer
2: if uh, not, it gets out yeah.
0: I know,
4: right? <laughs> 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 Who made this bear?
0: <laughs> well, I could sit there and talk to you guys, but we have these guests waiting for us in yes. the wings. And so the uh, thank you very much again for inviting us here to Get Parts, and we'll be back next month and we'll have another conversation about something that you're offering. Thank you, guys. Sure. Thank you.
1: is experiencing an amazing social change. Democratic winners in state, senates, and local elections are women. This year's women's marches have been huge. 600,000 in LA, 300,000 in Chicago. I could go on and on. Alan and I attended the march in Hudson, uh, the women's march in Hudson, which was organized by the local Indivisible group. And we talked, um, well, Alan talked to several of the marchers as well as the event organizer, Gianna Ortiz.
5: My name is Brenda Blanks, and I'm here because I'm afraid. I'm afraid for our democracy, I'm afraid for freedom, and I'm afraid of Trump, that's why I'm here. People coming together with some of the same concerns and maybe we can change some things, keep people motivated when we go and vote in 2018.
0: And who are you voting for in 2018?
5: Democrats.
3: I'm Josh, and I'm here to support women's rights because they're awesome and they deserve their rights. They deserve to be treated equally.
0: Do you think this march is going to accomplish anything?
3: Yes, I think it will. I think it will raise awareness for women's rights, yeah?
6: Yeah, it's important. You know, I'm here for, to get rid of Trump. What else? To do something, we can't just sit, you know you have to do something. It feels wonderful. I'm here with my daughter and my niece, my two grandchildren, my co-workers are over there. It feels really great. I mean, because it's worse when you stay in the house and keep it, you know, inside. It'd be nice to have over 500 or maybe close to a thousand. On Facebook it said like 219, but it's picking up a little. And it's gorgeous weather, so why wouldn't we be out? <laughs> uh, my name is Justin, um, and I'm here because I'm finally starting to uh, go to things like this. Uh, you know, finally started voting, finally started trying to get out here. So yeah, just need to show my support. Just started finally voting at like 35 because realizing that this stuff is important. So trying to show my support for things like this. So I am Johnny Ortiz and I'm one of the uh, original founders of Indivisible CD19. We're based in Hudson. Um, this is our first annual march. It's a second march, obviously. Um, And it's been uh, a war against women this year and women have changed the outcome of a number of elections in the 2017 cycle and we are expecting that to just snowball, to explode in the 2018 cycle. So a lot of it is being visible, being in community, and getting out the vote because that's what changed all of those election results that we just saw in November. And we're going to flip Fasso seat. Well, we're going to flip the House, but we're definitely planning on throwing Faso out. Don Faso, he's a congressperson for CD19.
0: And I know you're ready to get started. What do you want to accomplish with this march?
6: Uh, it's solidarity and a show of power. And uh, I've been an activist my entire life. I have never seen anything like this. So it's a real rallying point for people. It's a focal point. you know. And then, of course, with the handmaids, robes, that's such a powerful image, and it's not that far from what the Republican agenda is. So we're going to push. We're going to push back. We had some major victories in 2017, and we're just going to build on that.
0: Good luck with this march. Thanks so Doing much. Doing great work.
6: <laughs> if I lived to tell <laughs> it.
1: Many politicized women's groups have formed since the election of Trump. Representatives from the from those groups are with us today. Lisa Delaquila is an attorney, advocate, and community organizer and co-leader of True Blue New York, a grassroots organization that is committed to moving the state Senate in a more progressive direction. Yes. <laughs> Lisa, welcome to Barkal Radio.
7: Thank you for having me. So, when and why did you become politically active? Well, I've always followed politics. I've always been interested in it. Um, but it was after the election when I realized, you know, the 2016 election, I realized I really needed to be actively involved in making a difference. Mm-hmm. That was what motivated me.
1: A lot of women, too, Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So what do you do to, you know, to promote your your ideas? How have you been active?
7: Well, um, so I live in northern Manhattan, and I realized um, during the you know run-up to the elections that my state senator, uh, Marisol Alcantara, was going to join a group called the Independent Democratic Conference, which is a group of um, people who run as Democrats, but they actually uh, partner with the Republicans, and they allow the Republicans to be in charge of the state Senate. So... Um, when I realized she was running, with that group, and this I, is this is yes. this is Alan. This yes. is the
0: IDC we're talking the about. The IDC, the Independent Democratic Conference. Right, right. Not democratic really at all.
7: Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know when you're voting and you see
1: a Democratic candidate,
7: right, and you look down your ballot and you're voting all democratic you think you're voting for a democrat but you're really getting something else wow and it it's a betrayal it's the old bait and switch absolutely that
0: the republicans have been doing lately
7: yes absolutely so um i realized this was happening i was aware of it but it had felt like very remote up in albany um but now it was happening in my backyard so i had told friends and neighbors about it um but then she won she just squeaked out a victory Mm. it's a three-way race and um there, there were four candidates, but the top three basically spit, split the vote—one um, third, one third, one third. Uh. So then, you know, after the election, which I had spent um, in Pennsylvania uh, doing some observing of poll places, um, uh-huh. I came back absolutely devastated. And you know, I, a lot of us were yeah, devastated. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, devastated
0: um, to the point of almost kind of mentally devastated, yeah. emotionally devastated. Yeah, you know?
7: yeah. I was. Um, Going back home, and, you know, it was the middle of the night by the time I got back and everyone on the subway was just, was <laughs> crying. It was, it was a tough time, right? And it still is. Yes. But I thought about what I could do to really make a difference in that um, this was something happening in my own backyard uh-huh. and I could really make an impact on the local level. And that, and I believe that change happens on the local level. And so that was where I chose to focus my What efforts. does that
0: mean, change happens on the local level to you?
7: Well, I think, you know, change really happens from the bottom up. If we have a strong foundation, a strong progressive foundation, and then we build up from there, um, I think it's, it's better than having a, you know, a very weak, um, not solid foundation where we're focused only on the presidency. It's not enough. We need to be, you know, all over in, you know, not letting any race go uncontested. We need to be you know, on school boards. We need to be um, on our community boards. We need to be focused on our city council. We need to be focused on our state legislature. across the board, making sure that our progressive values are realized in every body of government.
0: Absolutely. It's so hard not to pay attention to the guy who shall not be named, (laughs) as as some people have called him, um, and and to focus on the local. Mm -hmm. It's got to be tough. Um,
7: I've gotten good at compartmentalizing. Yeah. <laughs> and I do pay attention to that because you have to. And besides, the, the federal impacts the state, too. So you need to know what's happening in Washington. And you can hope that um, our state government will will do things that will protect us from what's happening on the federal level. And that's,
0: and to some our, extent, yeah. they are. I mean, the Democratic Cuomo and whoever is, is protecting us to some extent.
7: Well... Yes and no. You know, he says the right things a lot of the time. But this situation with our state Senate is supported by Cuomo.
1: Right. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you, Mm -hmm. what did you think of Cuomo's plan to uh, unite the mainline Democrats with the IDC?
7: Well, I I remain suspicious of that. How can you not? That's what I was saying to Alan. How can you
1: be in favor of this? reunification with these people that are turncoats right
7: exactly i'm we sorry have benedict yeah, arnold <laughs> exactly we really have no reason to trust them in fact they've said in the past that they would come back and a caucus with the mainline democrats and then they didn't and
0: so why can't we just vote them out
7: that's what we need to do okay we need I'm to win you. elections i'm with you yes. and what
0: is true blue doing to do to, to accomplish that um, so Specifically.
7: Yes. Yeah, so we are doing a bunch of things. So one of the things we do is we help build coalitions. So we get all different grassroots groups from all over the state together in a room and on, online talking together. Um, and so one of the things we're doing right now with that coalition is an endorsement process. And we're talking to all of the challengers, to I, the IDC candidates, um, about their views. And we're um, deciding would be best and we're endorsing them so that they'll know that we're there to support them um, with an army of progressive soldiers.
0: And how successful have you been at communicating that message? Has it been resonating at all? Do you you have any idea that it is?
7: I I, I do think that it is. Um, You know I don't really have any way of knowing until the election happens whether it is but I see. We're all in like tenter books waiting for that
0: the yes. l- that the next election, the yes. midterm yes. elections to happen. It's true. Yes, but which I th- way are we going to turn? Which yes. Which way is the shield? Towards going the yes. to dark turn? side
1: or towards the light side? Right.
7: right exactly. And then that's the test, right? But in the meantime, we see, you know, a lot more focus on, of it on the press, and the press is writing about it. Um, and I think, you know, to me, every person that I educate about this issue is to me a success. And, you know, when we get those people out and voting, yeah. that's another success. Well,
1: Jeff Klein has lots of uh, strikes against him now.
7: Yes, he does. He does. Um, he was recently um, accused of sexual misconduct. Yeah. And uh, we don't know what's going to become of that. Um, there was like, some news yeah. that
0: came out in January, and I haven't read anything since then. Mm-hmm. Has there been any new news on Jeff Klein's Well, mis- you know. It,
7: it would be nice t- to know if there was going to be an investigation. Um, he he says that he requested one from Jacob, which is an entity that the state um, has to investigate things like this. Um, but we don't know. Right. Um, yeah. The Senate has declined to investigate it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. fact, the Senate put out a, a policy about sexual harassment, and it was lacking.
1: Not um, to investigate, basically.
7: Um, well, you know, their their policy is that one of the troubling, th- one of the most troubling things of this new policy is that there is a warning about false reporting. Wow. Which is certainly going to have a chilling effect on anyone who has suffered from wow from sexual. Harassment. What I don't
1: understand is what these um, men in control think. What would bring a woman? to come forward with, you know, allegations that, honestly, they don't put the woman mm-hmm. in the best light necessarily either. Exactly. And I mean, I know there have been, that maybe sometimes it's gone a bit far for some men. I don't, <laughs> but nevertheless, but I just yeah, think it's crazy. That's a
7: matter of debate. I yeah. think it hasn't gone far enough. Not because far there's enough. so many people who are, <laughs> who are still okay. Okay. suffering from this and not able to report it. And But that aside, um, yes, you know, this young woman, who uh, made these allegations? She's a young woman at the beginning of her career. She's uh, accusing a very powerful person of this. Um, it will have an impact on her life and Pretty on her p- reputation. Very brave. Of yes, her right. right. I mean, why? Why would she make a false report in this situation? Yeah. Right, right. And um, you know, she said that she was impacted by the Me Too movement to come forward with this. And I think that's really incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask about the uh, the force that seems to be manifesting itself, and that is women standing up—not just the Me Too, but also in the in what you're doing, the True Blue and Indivisible. We'll talk to some some uh, um, uh, women from Indivisible in a few minutes. Yes. What What is it that women bring to this debate that <laughs> we men are just not getting it?
7: Well. Um, Yes, I have to say, I work with, you know, at True Blue, we have, uh, it's a women-led organization. We have a leadership team of all women. And I've found that in a lot of the resistance groups, we have women leading it. Um, And I think women have a way of um, really collaborating and, um, we like to say, getting shit done. Um, I like that. That... that, um, is really useful, and um, I think communication and listening is also uh, a part of that. That um, maybe we don't see so much in a government that is often male-dominated.
1: I honestly think that women organizations can be very powerful and can have a great effect on our policies and our government and our society.
7: Yes, and you know when these um, laws or lack thereof really impact your life. Um, you're certainly more motivated to try and make some changes. Right, and so women right. are often bearing the brunt of regressive policies. Well,
1: we can't be cl- complacent anymore with the man sh- who shall not be named. That's right. So you've been tweeting about Daniel Lazarin's book, yeah. Talk Back. Yeah. Um, wanted no, back to Back Talk. S- back Talk, sorry. Back Talk, back back yes. talk.
7: Um, you want to tell us about it a little bit? Sure. So um, Danielle is a dear friend of mine, okay. but even if she were not, um, literature is my other passion. and um, her she book is amazing.
1: and she got great reviews.
7: Yes, she's got great reviews. Um, and if you are a person who cares about uh, you know women's issues like I do, you will enjoy this book. So I highly recommend it. It's Back talk by Danielle lazarus. Oh All right. I, alright. I, I <laughs> went
0: I went to her Twitter feed and she is uh, calling for more rude, outspoken women. Yes, uh, yes,
7: which is why I love her so much. Right, <laughs> right,
0: M- maybe if if, um, if Clinton was uh, Hillary Clinton. It's interesting we call her Hillary yes. instead of Clinton, but her name, right, Hillary Clinton, if she maybe had been a little more rude, a little more outspoken, who knows what would have happened.
7: Uh, we can't second guess that now, yeah. but right, um, yes. it would be certainly be nice if she was president. It would right be nice now. to have, a it would be great wouldn't to have a woman president. Yes, absolutely. Right.
1: So, Lisa, if a listener is interested in learning more about your group, um, what should they do?
7: Uh, we have a website which is makenytrueblue.org. dot um, org, and you can also visit us on Twitter, which is at makenytrueblue, um, and Facebook, same same handle.
1: And what about the the organization, the the meetings that you were talking about? Um, so there's a calendar on the. Um, if
7: you sign up for our uh, email list on the website, we send out notices about the meetings. Great. That's perfect, how you can perfect. learn about them. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing Thank your you ideas so with much. us. Thanks, Thanks for you. having me. Absolutely. This is great.
1: And I'm totally a true bluer now. Excellent.
0: <laughs> this is the uh, Bar Crawl Radio Podcast coming to you from Gebhardt's Beer Culture in Manhattan's Upper West Side. We'll be right back to speak with the leaders of the women-run political group Indivisible from the Upper West Side and Harlem. We'll be right back. Thank you very much, Lisa Dellaquila. That was a wonderful interview, and uh, we'll, we hope to hear more about True Blue New York. Following the presidential election, dozens of protest groups formed, many of them run by women, as we're learning. Indivisible is a national network of many hundreds of member groups resisting the Trump presidency. They're doing so with tactics that have been picked up from the opposite side, from the Tea Party of all people. Well, with us today are three representatives of two local Indivisible groups. Representing Indivisible We Stand Upper West Side is Andrea Flink. She's an attorney who had practiced corporate law but is now working for a master's degree of law uh, at, at Fordham University. And we have Lois Goodian Sloan, a retired grandmother of six. She's also studying at Fordham University. And we hear she's the Twitter guru for Indivisible <laughs> We Stand Upper West Side. and. Lois and Andrea are a mother and daughter team. Welcome Woo! to Bar Crawl Radio. Yeah. Thank also, you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for, for, for joining us. And Camille Davis uh, lives in Harlem with her husband and son. She told us that she is the, quote, poster child for a middle class POC, people of color, whose worldview has been not cockeyed. Literally, my head now sits at a permanent angle on my neck by the election of the one I shall not name. All right, we shall not name him. Camille is a member of Indivisible in Harlem, and we welcome all of you to Barcrow Radio. We're so happy that we're getting Thank to talk you. to you about this very important topic. So
1: I have a question: What is Indivisible? What's the mission?
8: Oh, should I take this? Sure, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, um, indivisible.org—that's the parent organization, and they—the um, goal is, or the overarching goal, is to flip both houses of Congress back to democratic control, and as Alan mentioned, they took a leaf out of the Tea Party's book. They watched this, the the movement is um, chaired by former staffers to uh, congressional Democrats, and they watched the success of the Tea Party, and they saw how successful they were, even though they were just a small minority of the Republican Party, but they were organized, and they were focused, and they were relentless. So they decided to put together a guide just to tell people how they could use the tactics of the Tea Party and influence the, um, the Congress, even though the Democrats now have the minority. And their, their um, strategy is really only consider your members of Congress. Mm. Don't try to talk to anybody that you don't vote for. Or anybody that's not running in your district because they just don't care about you right don't bother going to Paul Ryan or Mitch McConnell they're in other districts people right. at the end of the day they only care about their voters so show up N- they, they have a whole if you go to indivisibleguide.org they have a whole long strategy it's pages and it's brilliant and so th- all these thousands of groups in every district in the country have, have sprung up to, um, to focus on these goals. N-
0: the Tea Party, m- one of the major uh, uh, traits of the Tea Party, what they were obstructionists. They kind of got in the way and they kept saying no. Is that what Indivisible is about? It's about saying no to the other side?
8: Well, it's not really about saying no. It's just that as the minority party, you can't, you can't control the agenda. You just have to pressure your people. You, you—it's kind of like saying no, um, but only in the sense that when you're not in control, you can't—you can't bring the things to the floor yourself. You have to make enough noise with your um, your members of Congress.
1: I would think that by um, being focused on your Congress, your the members that, are, that in which you're in their district, that you can remind them of what is important to the people that are in their district, to give them a backbone. I think you've struck on something.
5: So one of the things, for example...
0: This is Camille Davis. Hello. And before that was
1: Andrea.
5: With Andrea. <laughs> I think, uh, for example, initially uh, Schumer was inclined to do what the Senate typically does, which is work with their kind gentlemen and gentlewomen uh, women across the aisle, uh, compromise, but we have seen... That the Republicans have been quite successful with never compromising with Democrats. Right. So, in response to uh, his attitude, uh, you know, he got a bunch of picketers outside of his office. Uh-huh. He got a bunch of picketers outside his home, and I don't know if I can use curse words. But go right radio, go right you ahead, Carol. Radio. Say what you want. To. Uh, one of my favorites is "What the fuck, Chuck!" Like uh, we, you know, like that. grow a backbone. We expect you, and I think you could see a marked difference. Uh, and how he approached things. And it's important that they know that we have their back, their constituents are there. So um, the movement is successful in in that respect. And they represent us. And they are supposed to be representing us.
0: Right. So according to Indivisible, um, you know, the way you're approaching this, should the Democrats have shut down the government in this last round of budget talks? Uh, You said you have a backbone.
5: Yeah, I have to say that that's been, uh, that was a chip that was taken off the table, and, and I think a lot of us uh, progressives were very disappointed in what happened. Um, I think we missed an opportunity. I don't think it's going to come back. Right, and, and, and,
0: we, and we may not have the opportunity to protect the uh, Dreamers af- after this. Because I don't believe in Paul Ryan.
5: No. No. No.
0: no. Um, can I? Say, I want to get Lois into this. Lois and Andrea, mother and daughter, uh, who got involved with Indivisible first?
4: I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it might have been around the same time. I know I, I know I got involved very shortly after the election when I was horrified that again Trump many won. of us were. I know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I felt helpless and hopeless, and I frankly was teary for days. And then one night. I was watching Rachel Maddow and her guest was Ezra Levin, who and who's is Ezra, Levin, Ezra yeah. Levin is the co-founder along with his wife Leah Greenberg of Indivisible. At that point he had just done put up a Google Doc with his wife and it got all kinds of attention, but basically he explained as Andrea did their approach to follow the tea party approach to deal with our local members of Congress and how we could fight the Trump agenda and try to get progressive Democrat. They claim that, that it's really not a Democrat movement. It's a people movement. And uh, that's how I got involved, and it was a ray of hope.
0: And I hear you, you are like the Twitter guru at uh, Indivisible. That's you, what they tell me. <laughs> had, you, had you always been involved with uh, he, who made, who, he who shall not be named's favorite communication tool?
4: Uh, I refused to follow him. However, because I follow enough people who link to his tweets, I manage to see them and phone with them out.
0: mistakenly see them, yeah. That's
4: okay. But I will name him. I will name him Trump, who I can't bear. With a little T. With a little T.
0: Who who is Indivisible uh, supporting now? What, What are the local... Races that you're involved well, in.
8: Well, I mean, Indivisible is is supporting every Democrat that's running. I mean, wh- one of the things people have to do, and first and foremost, is people have to run for office. And there's a, a huge uh, and a largely female group of first-time politicians who are running. There's a lot of competitive races now throughout the country. Indivisible. The parent is calling attention wherever they can to any race that's they, they say every race is competitive now so you know you can look there are certain ones in the news more than others because they're very close like Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania is, is a close one um, Ma, who's that other one that's really close? Other than counter oh, There's Connerlin. two that are getting a lot uh, of attention Margaret right now. Margaret
4: Good, who's I think today is the election in Florida for a special election, which is very important. Oh,
8: oh, and Iron Stash running
4: against, yeah, against Paul, Paul Ryan. Ryan. I mean,
8: there's a lot of races, and also there's a lot of local state races that are that are happening now. There's a lot of energy. Women's really groups, exciting.
1: powers to the polls, Emily lists calls, call, don't just March run have reported that 26,000 women are running for office on all levels um, Dyad Russell running for main uh, governor seat and uh, and that's not all and so I'm just curious I know that there are some concerns about um, having too many people in a primary mm-hmm. that it dilutes the vote perhaps it dilutes the, the, the funds you know, for the candidate that eventually will win the primary and go on, what do you think about that, or do, do you do anything about it?
5: So far, just speaking even locally, that's not been an issue. Uh, Lisa brought up earlier uh, Alcantara on the west side. Um, so, H- Indivisible Harlem is supporting Robert Jackson, and he's, he's going to be the, the challenger. Um, we've been strong supporters of Brian Benjamin, our state um, senator uh-huh. in Harlem. Uh, so if you kind of look at who's the most likely people, so far what you're talking about hasn't hasn't come up into our radar screen. Now, mind you, there are like thousands of races going right, on, so right, we don't right. know what's going on all over. But there's some pretty clear ones that the challengers is going to be whittled down to one or two people.
0: Okay, all right. Are we going to have a woman president? Did you want to say something, Andrea? I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off.
5: I,
8: I, I was just going to say that, that I, I do agree with Becky that if you do have many primary challengers, you can really whittle down the available vote. So I think it is important for the groups to kind of choose the activist groups who they're going to support and espe- especially in the IDC um, our group, though we're an indivisible movement, we're also um, an anti idc group. We're part of the grassroots. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're so working So have you gotten with together
0: with uh, with uh, the New York group, the uh Absolutely. New York? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I
8: mean, we we work together, and we're part of what's called the Uptown Coalition, mm-hmm. which is uh, a, a large group of indivisible and other activist groups, um, largely in Alcantaras district and brian benjamin's district as camille mentioned um we're we're actively supporting robert jackson we're actively supporting any idc challenger but we do want to have one candidate to support in the primary (laughs) against the idc member so that we can beat that idc member so that's really important
1: whether it be a man or a woman Absolutely. Oh, absolutely.
4: Um, What did you want to say, Lois? If I could just add one thing quickly. Uh, Our indivisible group of on West Side, in addition to uh, fighting the IDC, our other main purpose is trying to help flip the House, which is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And the Senate, if if we're so lucky. And the Senate, but that's certainly more unlikely. But the Mm -hmm. House is a real possibility. Real possibility, okay. And it will make a huge difference. So voting, getting out the vote, Everything we can do for 2018 election is crucial.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get back to my question. Is yeah. it possible in this country to elect a woman as president?
5: It's going to happen.
8: Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, Hillary won the popular vote. She, she did, did win, didn't she? Yes, <laughs> she, did. she did. So we're very close. Yes. Right. Yeah. It'll
0: happen. Right. And I, I, I had asked Lisa this question. I'm going to ask you also. Is there a significant difference between the male voice and the female voice? In, in, in politics and does the, does does the female voice bring something that the the male politician is just missing
4: do you mean in general or in this election I mean in
0: well in general or this election
4: in this election particularly I would say there's a definite difference because of Trump's misogynistic attitude towards women without question I think that has activated a lot of women. And frankly, I think the secret to this election in 2018 is the women's vote, among others. Boy, well, I hope so. In general, I would hope that men, women, everybody equally cares and is active.
0: Of course, we know there are many what are they called white women are not supporting your agenda and are still supporting the progressive Trump.
4: agenda I think they're fewer and fewer from what the polls say anyway. okay okay I, I hope so all right yep.
1: well listen thank you very much now if, uh, if anyone wants to find out what Indivisible is doing
5: what what sh- where should they go uh, so for Indivisible Harlem there's uh, you can email Indivisible Harlem at gmail we're also on Twitter, Twitter. Indivisible Harlem and we have a Facebook page that's easy to find and, and with the, the guru of Twitter over here for the Upper West Side, Indivisible, I'm sure you can find them. Yes, <laughs> we're at Indivisible UWS
4: which stands for Upper West Side. So just Google it. But just um, Google Minnesota. it. You'll find us. Yeah, Upper we're West also side. on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. And women, too. men equally active in this, and we, we welcome hope. everybody to this fight.
0: Absolutely.
1: Thank you. Thank you
8: very much. Thank Liz. you so much for having us. Women us. So Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thank you.
0: Yay, Indivisible. Thank you. What a what a wonderful conversation we just had. Yes. With Lois and Andrea and Camille and, and Lisa. It was just wonderful. We have to have more of those conversations.
1: Yes, we do. Wow. That's what we should do.
0: This is the Bar Crawl Radio podcast number 10. We're recording at Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar on West 72nd Street. But before we finish this podcast, Becky and I wanted to offer up an idea. A pushback against Trump and Paul Ryan.
1: Many of us are concerned about the fate of the DACA children as um, the March 5th deadline for Congress to make a decision approaches. So we have come up with a simple action to take. We urge all right-thinking Americans to adopt a DACA. This would be a symbolic action by taking a selfie with a dreamer and tweeting it along with hashtag adopt a DACA and the message. And this is what I think is really Important to remember, dreamers are our children because we want politicians to see that we care about our children.
0: By doing so, by hashtagging #AdoptedDACA with a uh, a photo, a selfie of you and a dreamer, you will become a totally unofficial, unsanctioned, unauthorized proud parent of a dreamer.
1: Send them a message that we care.
0: And send us a message and subscribe to our podcast on stitcher (laughs) Stitcher yeah Yeah. we'll we'll be back next month talking with artist nicholas holiber who's creating giant size wooden sculptures made of scrap wood found in new york city streets of local birds that are going extinct due to the climate change his work will be displayed along the broadway malls it's a project co-sponsored by the audubon society and the Broadway Mall Association.
1: And watch our Facebook page for our recording schedule. And drop by Get Parts here on West 72nd Street when we're recording for a shout-out. Come on by. It's been fun.
0: It has been fun. And it always is fun with you, sweetie. <laughs> you
1: know what? 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 I think you have to make a confession.
0: No, not a, what? What confession? Yeah,
1: well, you know, you have uh, had a... You told me about a dream recently. You uh, dreamed about Trump. Yeah, yeah. he invaded
0: my dream. You
1: told me he was a nice guy.
0: No, well... He was kind of a nice guy, but he was he was more like the Wicked Uncle Ernie in, uh, you know, in the Fiddle About and the Who album. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was. He was I'm cool your actor.
5: Wicked Uncle Ernie.
0: So I'm going to start playing that. He was nice, but he was weird and <laughs> <laughs> So sorry to hear that, Bar Crawl Radio, coming from Gepharts. Tune in next week, next month. And don't fiddle about. Fiddle <laughs> about.